When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready for some high adventure? Coming up next on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. This program is a Duad's collaboration with Purple Radio. Content warnings may be found in the episode description. Duads presents The Three Musketeers. Episode 14, Bishop Takes Queen. What do you mean Madame de Chevreuse has been in Paris? She's supposed to be in Tours! In Tours with her stupid, annoying little Spanish friends! Ah! Her point was to stop she and Anne doing whatever it is that they do. Scheming! Mark my words, Rochello. Together those two make me more uneasy with the, than the war with Spain, the quarrel with England, even the embarrassment with the finances. <sighs> and you! What sort of a joke of a police do you have? She was here five days, five days, just across the river, and you did nothing! Your Majesty, there is one affair which I confess I withheld until now. What else, Monsieur Cardinal? The affair is embarrassing. Perhaps you wish to spare yourself. They call me Louis the Just for a reason, Richelieu. I can handle it. Very well. In no way do I wish to implicate your Majesty's musketeers or Monsieur de Treville in this affair, but at the pivotal moment where we were to arrest one of the Queen's emissaries to Madame de Chevreuse, who had in her possession the locations and all the proofs of that exile's guilt, a young man, a musketeer, if my sources are correct, interrupted the course of justice. What am I? He drew his sword against the men, who I had charged with investigating impartially the whole affair, in order to place it before the eyes of the king. Who was it? Which one? To the Bastille with them, and then the gallows. Ah! I'm going to talk to the queen. Your majesty, I do not wish to cause any harm to your relationship with the queen. This is none of your fault. She has brought this upon herself. Your majesty... Treville, well, you are having a good time, monsieur, 
I have learned some fine things concerning your musketeers. And I have some pretty things to tell your majesty concerning these gownsmen. What? Is that so, Treville? I have the honour to inform your majesty that a party of procurers, commissaries and men of the police, very esteemable people, but very inveterate, as it appears, against a uniform, have taken upon themselves to arrest in a house, to lead away from the open street, and throw into the fort Levesque, all upon an order of which they have refused to show me, one of my, or rather, your musketeers, sire, of irreproachable conduct, of an almost illustrious reputation, and whom your majesty knows favourably, Monsieur Athos. Athos, yes, I certainly I know the name. Let your majesty remember that Monsieur Athos is the musketeer who, in the annoying duel which you are acquainted with, had the misfortune to wound Monsieur de Cossack so seriously. A propos, Monsignor Richelieu, Monsieur de Cossack is quite recovered, is he not? On his way, thank you. Athos then went to pay a visit to one of his friends, absent at the time, to a young Gascon, a cadet in His Majesty's Guards, the company of Monsieur Dessassar. But scarcely had he arrived at his friends and taken up a book while waiting his return, when a mixed crowd of bailiffs and soldiers came and laid siege to the house, broke open several doors. Ah, now we have Monsieur de Treville's side of the affair of which I spoke to you. We all know that, Treville, for all of that was done for our service. Then it was also for Your Majesty's service that one of my musketeers, who was innocent, has been seized, that he's been placed between two guards like a malefactor, and that this gallant man, who has ten times shed his blood in Your Majesty's service, and is ready to shed it again, has been paraded through the mists of an insolent populace. Bah! Was it so managed? Monsieur de Treville does not tell Your Majesty that this innocent musketeer, this gallant man, had only an hour before attacked, sword in hand, four commissaries of inquiry, who were delegated by myself to examine into an affair of the highest importance. I defy your eminence to prove it. For one hour before, Monsieur Athos, who I will confide it to Your Majesty, is really a man of the highest quality, did me the honour of having dined with me to be conversing in the saloon of my hotel with the Duc de la Tremouille and the Comte de Chalus, who happened to be there. A written examination attests this musketeer's guilt, and the ill-treated people have drawn up the following, which I have the honour to present to your majesty. And is the written report of the garrison to be placed in comparison with the word of honour of a swordsman? Come, come, Treville. Hold your tongue. If his eminence entertains any suspicion against one of my musketeers, the justice of Monsieur the Cardinal is so well known that I demand an inquiry. In the house in which the judicial inquiry was made, there lodges, I believe, a young Gascon, a friend of the musketeer? Your eminence means Monsieur d'Artagnan. I mean a young man whom you patronise, Monsieur de Treville. Yes, your eminence, it is the same. Do you not suspect this young man of having given bad counsel? To Athos? To a man perhaps double his age? No, Monseigneur. Besides, D'Artagnan passed the evening with me. Well, everybody seems to have passed the evening with you. Does your eminence doubt my word? Oh, God forbid. Only, at what hour was he with you? Oh, as to that I can speak positively, your eminence. For as he came in, I remarked that it was but half past nine by the clock, although I believed it to be later. At what hour did he leave your hotel? At half past ten, an hour after the event. Well, 
Well, but Athos was taken in the house in the Rue du Fossoyeur. Is one friend forbidden to visit another? Or the musketeer of my company to fraternise with a guard of Dessassar's company? Yes, when the house where he fraternises is suspected. That house is suspected, Treval. Perhaps you did not know it. Indeed, sire, I did not. The house may be suspected, but I deny that it is so in the part of it inhabited by Monsieur d'Artagnan. For I can affirm, sire, if I can believe what he says, that there does not exist a more devoted servant of your majesty, or a more profound admirer of Monsieur the Cardinal. Was it not this d'Artagnan who wounded Jussac one day? In that unfortunate encounter which took place near the convent of the Carme de Chaussée. And the next day, Bernajoux, yes, sire, yes, it is the same. Your Majesty has a good memory. Come, how shall we decide? Uh, that concerns Your Majesty more than me. I should affirm the culpability. And I deny it. But His Majesty has judges, and these judges will decide. That is best. Send the case before the judges. It is their business to judge, and they shall judge. Only, it is a sad thing that in the unfortunate time in which we live, the purest life, the most incontestable virtue, cannot exempt a man from infamy and persecution. The army, I am sure, will be but less pleased at being exposed to rigorous treatment on account of police affairs. Police affairs? Police affairs? And what do you know about them, monsieur? Meddle with your musketeers and do not annoy me in this way. It appears, according to your account, that if by mischance a musketeer is arrested, France is in danger. What a noise about a musketeer! I would arrest ten of them. Ventre bleu! A hundred, even all the company, and I would not allow a whisper. From the moment they are suspected by your majesty, the musketeers are guilty. Therefore you see me prepared to surrender my sword. For after having accused my soldiers, there can be no doubt that Monsieur the Cardinal will end up accusing me. Come now, Monsieur de Treville. It is best to constitute myself at once a prisoner with Athos, who is already arrested, and with D'Artagnan, who most probably will be. Gascon-headed man, will you have done? Sire, either order my musketeers to be restored to me, or let him be tried. He shall be tried. Well... So much the better, for in that case I shall demand of his majesty permission to plead for him. Now, now, if his eminence does not have personal motives... Uh, pardon me, but the instant your majesty considers me a prejudiced judge, I withdraw. Come, will you swear by my father that Athos was at your residence during the event and that he took no part in it? By your glorious father and by yourself, whom I love and venerate above all the world, I swear it. Be so kind as to reflect, sire, that if we release the prisoner thus, we shall never know the truth. Athos may always be found ready to answer when it shall please the gownsman to interrogate him. He will not desert, Monsieur the Cardinal. Be assured of that. I will answer for him. No, he will not desert. He can always be found, as Treville says. Besides... Let us give them apparent security. That is policy. Order it as you please, sire. You possess the right of pardon. The right of pardoning only applies to the guilty, and my musketeer is innocent. It is not mercy, then, that you are about to accord, sire. It is justice. And he is in Fort Levac. Yes, sire, in solitary confinement, in a dungeon, like the lowest criminal. The devil! 
What must be done? Sign an order for his release, and all will be said. I believe with your majesty that Monsieur de Treville's guarantee is more than sufficient. Here, your majesty. It requires but your signature. My Treville, you come prepared. A perfect harmony reigns, sire, between the leaders and the soldiers of your musketeers, which must be profitable for the service and honourable to all. There! Go fetch your man, Treville, before I change my mind. My thanks, your majesty. I have you now, majesty. And why does he come? To conspire, no doubt, with your enemies, the Huguenots and the Spaniards. No, pardieu, no. To conspire against my honour, Madame de Chevreuse, Madame de Longville, and the Cons. Oh, sire, what an idea! The Queen is too virtuous, and besides, loves your majesty too well. Oh, do not speak of virtue, Monsieur Cardinal. For you, perhaps, are the only man of virtue in all of Paris. As to my queen loving me much, I have my own opinion as to that love. I nonetheless maintain that the Duke of Buckingham came to Paris for a project wholly political. And I am sure that he came for quite another purpose, Monsieur Cardinal. But if the queen be guilty, let her tremble. Indeed. Whatever repugnance I may have to directing my mind to such treason, your majesty compels me to think of it. Madame de Lannoy, whom, according to your majesty's command, I have frequently interrogated, told me this morning that the night before last her majesty sat up very late, that this morning she wept much, and that she was writing all day. That's it! To him, no doubt! Cornel, I must have the Queen's papers. But how to take them, sire? It seems to me that it is neither your majesty nor myself who can charge himself with such a mission. How did they act with regard to the Marechal d'Ancre? First her closets were thoroughly searched, and then she herself. The Marechal d'Ancre was no more than the Marechal d'Ancre. A Florentine adventurer, sire, and that was all. While the august spouse of your majesty is Anne of Austria, Queen of France... That is to say, one of the greatest princesses in the world. She is not the less guilty, Monsieur Duke. The more she has forgotten the high position in which she was placed, the more degrading is her fall. Besides, I long ago determined to put an end to all these petty intrigues of policy and love. She has near her a certain Laporte. Who, I believe, is the mainspring of all this, I confess. You think, then... As I do, that she deceives me. I believe, and I repeat it to your majesty, that the queen conspires against the power of the king, but I have not said against his honour. And, and I, I tell you against both. I tell you that the queen does not love me. I tell you that she loves another. I tell you that she loves that infamous Buckingham. Why did you not have him arrested while in Paris? Arrest the duke? Arrest the Prime Minister of King Charles I. Think of it, sire. What a scandal! And if the suspicions of your majesty, which, permit me, I still continue to doubt, should prove to have any foundation, what a terrible disclosure! 
What a fearful scandal. But as he exposed himself like a vagabond or a thief, he should have been... <gasps> he should have been... Nothing, nothing. But all the time he was in Paris, you, of course, did not lose sight of him. No, sire. Where did he lodge? Uh, Rue de Lap, number 75. Where is that? By the side of the Luxembourg. And you are certain that the Queen and he did not see each other? I believe the Queen to have too high a sense of her duty, sire. But they have corresponded. It is to him that the Queen has been writing all the day, Monsieur Duke. I must have those letters. Sire, notwithstanding... Monsieur Duke, at whatever price it may be, I will have them. I would, however, beg your majesty to observe... Do you, then, also do and betray me, Monsieur Cardinal, by thus always opposing my will? Are you also in accord with Spain and England, with Madame de Chevreuse and the Queen? <sighs> Sire, I believed myself secure from such a suspicion. Monsieur Cardinal, you have heard me. I will have those letters. There is but one way. What is that? That would be to charge Monsieur de Seguier, the keeper of the seals, with this mission. The matter enters completely into the duties of the post. Let him be sent for instantly. He is most likely at my hotel. I requested him to call, and when I came to the Louvre, I left orders, if he came, to desire him to wait. Let him be sent for instantly. Your Majesty's orders shall be executed. But, but what? But the Queen will perhaps refuse to obey? My orders? Yes, if she is ignorant that these orders come from the King. Well, that she may have no doubt on that head, I will go and inform her myself. Your Majesty will not forget that I have done everything in my power to prevent a rupture. Yes, Duke, yes. I know you are very indulgent towards the Queen. Too indulgent, perhaps. We shall have occasion, I warn you, at some future period to speak of that. Whenever it shall please, Your Majesty. But I shall be always happy and proud, sire, to sacrifice myself to the harmony which I desire to see reign between you and the Queen of France. Very well, Cardinal, very well. But, meantime, send for Monsieur the Keeper of the Seals. I will go to the Queen. Ah, oh, Buckingham, how alone you leave me, deprived of the confidence of my husband, pursued by the hatred of the Cardinal, who cannot pardon me for repulsing his love, and having before my eyes the example of the Queen Mother, whom that man's hatred has tormented all her life, even though she even once loved him. I watch as my most devoted servants fall around me, my most intimate confidence, my dearest favourites. I am cursed with that fatal gift to bestow misfortune on everything I touch. My friendship is a fatal sign which calls down persecution. Madame de Chevreuse and Madame de Bernay were exiled, and poor, dear Laporte expects to be arrested every instant.
Your Majesty? Madame, you are about to receive a visit from the Chancellor, who will communicate certain matters to you with which I have charged him. Constantly I am threatened with divorce, execution or exile. What next? Bankruptcy? But why this visit, sire? What can the Chancellor have to say to me that your Majesty could not say yourself? Gone. Without a word. And I do not like the Chancellor. He is a horrid man who has somehow remained deep in Richelieu's good graces. In his youth, his family paced him in a convent to rid him of his vile urges. They call him the most terrible possessed to ever exist, but to ascribe his deeds to a demon would spare him the blame. Every time our Chancellor was tempted, the monks would ring the convent bell and pray for his immortal soul. They say that for three months, the bell never stopped ringing. Maybe he is reformed. Or perhaps... <gasps> Your Majesty. Has His Majesty warned you of my visit? He has. What do you desire, Monsieur? And with what objects do you present yourself here? To make, Madame, in the name of the King, and without prejudice to the respect which I have the honour to owe to Your Majesty, a close examination into all your papers. How, Monsieur? An investigation of my papers? Mine? Truly, this is an indignity. Be kind enough to pardon me, Madame. But in this circumstance, I am but the instrument which the king employs. Has not his majesty just left you? And has he not himself asked you to prepare for this visit? Search then, monsieur. I am a criminal, as it appears. Estefania, give up the keys of my drawers and my desks. And now it remains for me to make the principal examination. What is that? His Majesty is certain that a letter has been written by you during the day. He knows that it has not yet been sent to its address. The letter is not in your table, nor in your secretary. And yet this letter must be somewhere. Would you dare to lift your hand to your queen? I am a faithful subject of the king, madame, and shall perform all the duties which his majesty commands me to do. Well, it is true, and the spies of the cardinal have served him faithfully. I have written a letter today. That letter is not yet gone. The letter is here, by my heart. Then give me that letter, <gasps> madame. I will give it to none but the king, monsieur. If the king had desired that the letter should be given to him, madame, he would have demanded it of you himself. But I repeat to you, I am charged with reclaiming it, and if you do not give it up... Well? He has, then, charged me to take it from you. How? What do you say? That my orders go far, madame, and that I am authorised to seek for the suspected paper even on the person of your majesty. You would not dare. Be kind enough, then, madame, 
to act more compliantly. The conduct is infamously violent. Do you know that, monsieur? The king commands it, madame. Excuse me. I will not suffer it. No, no, I would rather die. (gasps) Madame, I will have the letter. You will not, sir. Madame. Get your hands away from me. There, monsieur. There is that letter. Take it and deliver me from your odious presence. Thanks. Thanks, my lady. That I did not have to... Get out! There, Duke. You were right and I was wrong. The whole intrigue is political, and there is not the least question of love in this letter. But, on the other hand, there is abundant question of you. Why, it is nothing but a plan of attack against me. The Queen presses her brother and the Emperor of Austria to appear to be wounded, as they really must be by my policies, to declare war against France and as a condition of peace, to insist upon my dismissal. Mm. But as to love, there is not a single word about it. Unfortunate. But there is more than one way to torture a queen. Well, Your Majesty, you see how far my enemies go. They menace you with two wars if you do not dismiss me. In your place, in truth, sire, I should yield to such powerful instance. And on my part, it would be a real happiness to withdraw from public affairs. What are you saying, Duke? I say, sire, that my health is sinking under these excessive struggles and these never-ending labours. I say that according to all probability I shall not be able to undergo the fatigues of the siege of La Rochelle, and that it would be far better that you should appoint there either Monsieur de Conde, Monsieur de Bassompierre, or some valiant gentleman whose business is war, and not me. I am but a churchman, constantly turned aside for my real vocation to look after matters for which I have no aptitude. You would be the happier for it at home, sire, and I do not doubt you would be the greater for it abroad. Monsieur Duke, I understand you. Be satisfied. All who are named in that letter shall be punished as they deserve, even the Queen herself. What do you say, sir? God forbid that the Queen should suffer the least inconvenience or uneasiness on my account. She has always believed me, sire, to be her enemy, although your Majesty can bear witness that I have always taken her part warmly, even against you. Oh, if she betrayed your Majesty on the side of your honour, it would be quite another thing, and I should be the first to say, no grace, sire, no grace for the guilty. Happily, there is nothing of the kind, and your Majesty has just acquired a new proof of it. That is true, Monsieur Cardinal. And you were right, as you always are. But the Queen, not the less, deserves all my anger. It is you, sire, who have now incurred hers. 
and even if she were to be seriously offended, I could well understand it. Your Majesty has treated her with a severity. It is thus I will always treat my enemies and yours, Duke, however high they may be placed, and whatever peril I may incur in acting severely toward them. The Queen detests me, not you, sire. On the contrary, she is a kind, devoted, and incomparable woman. Allow me, then, sire, to intercede for her with your majesty. Let her humble herself, then, and come to me first. On the contrary, sire, set the example. You have committed the first wrong, since it was you who suspected the queen. What? I make the first advances? Never. Sire, I entreat you to do so. Besides, in what manner can I make advances first? By doing a thing which you know will be agreeable to her. What is that? Give a ball. You know how much the Queen loves dancing. I will answer for it. Her resentment will not hold out against such an attention. Monsieur Colonel, you know that I do not like worldly pleasures. The Queen will only be the more grateful to you, as she knows your antipathy for that amusement. Besides, it will be an opportunity for her to wear those beautiful diamonds which you gave her on her birthday. I believe she has since had no occasion to adorn herself with them. We shall see, Monsieur Cardinal, we shall see. Blessed relief, that Anne's crimes are merely political and not amorous. Perhaps there is hope for our marriage after all. We shall see. But upon my honour, you are too indulgent toward her. Sire, leave severity to your ministers. Clemency is a royal virtue. Employ it, and you will find that you derive advantage therein. Sire, I beg your permission to retire. It is late. Please, assure that you reconcile yourself most thoroughly with her good majesty. Permission granted, Duke. I shall speak to her presently. <laughs> Darling, are you here? Why are you sitting here alone in the dark? Sire, I had expected to see you, only not so soon. If you have come to reproach me, I must tell you that I have my own reproaches to make regarding that uncouth Chancellor. He is most... Not to reproach you, madame, but to reconcile myself to you. To reconcile? After that man nearly laid a hand on my royal personage? You must blame me, madame, not him. He acted on my orders. <laughs> then you, sire, have cruelly offended me. That is why I came to offer you my apologies. Your apologies? Such a wound is not so easily healed. Then perhaps it will incline you to be able to forget, madam, when I give a fet. A fet? You think such a thing could console me? I will not be bought by such gestures. When? The fet shall be soon, madam. I promise you that. On the date, I must consult with the cardinal. <laughs> the cardinal? He will not let such a thing come to pass. Well, monsieur... I must ask to retire. Of course. Are you sure you would not like for me to send for a light? 
No, thank you, husband. I would just like to sit here. I hope you've enjoyed episode 14 of The Three Musketeers. The cast, in order of appearance, was Ryan Mullen as King Louis, Jacob Frieda as Cardinal Richelieu, Rob Morrissey as Captain Trevi, Hannah Burnett as Queen Anne, and Stephen Ledger as the Chancellor. The Three Musketeers was jointly directed by Nicole Baltablanco, Lauren Brewer, Sanya Saraf, and Daniel Mahale. Music created by Oli Fab. Main theme by Ollie Fab and Kat Patalis. Editing was done by Ode Hoagie. Our Foley artists were Natalia Iumlian in Stone and Jay Figueredo. This show is based off Alexandre Dumas' The Three Musketeers. Scripts were written by Jay Figueredo, Matthew McConkie, Izel Ilkin Salmon, and Sam Turnbull. The producer team was Sophie Tice, Victoria Lee Barafolo, Jay Figueredo, and Thomas Tomlinson. For a full list of cast and crew, see our website. I'm Stephen Ledger. Want to support the show? Come join our Patreon page at patreon.com slash duads. That's D-U-A-D-S. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Thursday Thrillers, audio with action on the Mutual Audio Network. Join us tomorrow on Mutual with Friday Follies, the end of the week collection of comedy cut-ups. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of audio drama that fits your fancy. Or find the Friday Follies feed in your favorite podcast players. Now that's a lot of F's. The Mutual Audio Drama Network where we listen and imagine together.